0: Your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. The triangle set to the top of the pattern. Now Spielman in motion to the near side. Rolling right as McCaffrey. Throws it toward the end zone. Wide open is Noah. Makes a catch. And it is a
1: push Nebraska.
0: Now let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. An athlete was Sam Francis, who was named today to the Nebraska Athletic Hall of Fame that Tim just told you about in the sports ticker from August 1936 to June of 37. So a 10-month span. Listen to what this guy accomplished. He finished fourth at the Olympics in the shot put in August, then had a terrific college football season where he was the runner-up for the Heisman Trophy, then in the spring... He was the number one overall draft pick in the National Football League. Then he went on to compete in track and field in the winter and spring, winning both the indoor and outdoor co- conference shot put titles and then the NCAA title in the outdoor in June. Man, that is amazing. And, Ben, I know it's a different era in time, but that's unbelievable. A 10-month span where you finish fourth in the Olympics, win an NCAA title, finish runner-up in the Heisman Trophy. That's amazing. That's all. What else? <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: yeah. It's it's pretty incredible to think about. And you know, you think about a lot of those old movies that were done that have been done on uh, on on athletes that you know did similar things. And you know, Nebraska had another one in Ed Weir, and they've had. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you look around the country, and there's been uh, multiple athletes that that have done that, or, or not that exact thing, but. You know something um something comparable so truly truly inspiring you know and and amazing to think about and imagine if that were to happen this day and age you know we do have football players that are also track stars but uh at an olympic level nonetheless and i don't think very many of them um you know have reached the level of 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 stardom you know in terms of the heisman trophy now we have had a couple in the past that like Kyler Murray, that have been drafted in the first round of both. Bo Jackson uh, is, a, is a guy that is a name we're really very familiar around here with his tenure with the Royals, but it's it's very rare to find
0: that caliber of athlete. He was on the, the 1936 Husker football team that finished for the first time in school history in the top ten in the country. They finished number nine that season, and he was obviously a large part of that. young gentleman from Oberlin, Kansas, Sam Francis, passed away at the age of 88 back in 2002, named today to the Nebraska Athletic Hall of Fame. So the class is nearly complete. There's one more name to be revealed, and it will be, I believe, revealed tomorrow. And they'll join uh, the class that we've talked about for a couple of weeks now, and Terry Pettit, the Husker volleyball coach from 1977 to 99, Jordan Larson, Amanda Burgoyne, Bowling, Mortice Ivey, women's basketball, and now Sam Francis, a two-sport star, Nebraska football and men's track and field. Pretty cool deal right there. We welcome you to the Tuesday night edition of Sports Honour here on the Husker Sports Hour. Greg Sharp, Ben McLaughlin, delighted that you have joined along with us tonight. Coming up a little bit later on in the hour, we'll hear from Matt Coatney, voice of Husker women's basketball, also part of our football broadcast team. A lot of news for the women's basketball program since their season concluded a little bit more than a month ago. Some roster subtractions, some roster additions that we're primarily be announced tomorrow as tomorrow is the first day of a month-long spring signing period Uh, so Amy Williams will be active tomorrow announcing some some additions to the roster so will Fred Hoiberg and we're hoping to have the coach on tomorrow night look for about five new names for men's basketball to be announced tomorrow to the Husker basketball roster so we're looking forward to that uh tomorrow but coming up here in a few minutes Matt Coatney will join us Uh, to talk about the women's side of things, and we've not really done much of that. Ben, I want to talk about Major League Baseball here to start. Major League Baseball players, team employees are participating in a COVID-19 study, and I was on the phone earlier today with our our friend Lane Grindle, and he took part in this thing where they are doing massive testing of about 10,000 people that are associated with the game Uh, for anywhere from players to broadcasters to people who work for the clubs, people who work at the stadiums of these clubs, they're doing these antibody antibody testing to see if they've won either. They've had COVID-19. Do they currently have it? Or does they, does their body produce a, um, the ability to fight off this infection. So um, Lane said he went through it, so he's one of the 10,000 people that have done this. I think this is really smart on Major League Baseball to offer themselves up to do this. I know their goal is to get games being played, and I think we would all love to see games getting played. But this is quite a step for baseball to sit there and go, all right, we're going to do this. Because we, we we know only testing is going to tell us whether we can or can't move on with plans to have some kind of a season here in the coming months. So Major League Baseball stepping out and, and doing this all across the country. and. Um, I'll try to get Lane locked in as a, a guest here in the next week or so to hear about his experience with this. But I think this is the the way you have to go if you're going to get any of these leagues open. And I would I would almost assume the NBA is going to follow suit with what the MLB has done here this week. Yeah, definitely.
2: Uh, that that seems to make the most logical sense um, to make sure instead of just assuming you know people are are clear of it or have not had it. You know that that's that's the smart way to go about it is to. Um, test and see, you know, if they've already had it, or you know what their uh, what their body is saying in, in, in regards of spreading uh, this virus. So yeah, I, I it makes a lot of sense that this would be the case. And to me, Greg, the, the, the bigger picture here is they're they're taking steps to to get this thing back, and the solutions are starting to be formulated in the minds of uh, guys like Rob Manfred and everybody else making decisions. For major league baseball that this is the way that it's, it's got to be and we got to make sure people are, are not just people but the players the owners the uh as you said the broadcasters the umpires everybody has to be clear of this thing before um they continue going on and it makes a lot of sense that this is the way that they're going to do it and you know for the most part um have this plan place and done and um, you know try and get this thing back in in some capacity but yeah, I mean, you, you can't move forward unless you know that, uh,
0: number one, people don't have it and they're not going to spread it anymore. The test is being run. The study is being run by Stanford University, USC in the sports medicine research. The goal is to get a better sense of the virus's true infection rate by utilizing a nationwide sample mlb said well we can give you a nationwide sample our teams are across the country our players are across the country with people who work for the team broadcast to the team play for the team we can give you a pretty wide swath of ages as well with doing that so um interesting that's going on and again i can confirm with with our own lane grindle that he did he took the test today in fact so he's one of the ten thousand people that have a volunteer to go ahead and take that antibody test to see if we can get this thing back up on its feet. And that weaves me into our next thing, and you might have seen Ben's Twitter video that came out a couple of hours ago on our Twitter feed of Husker Sports talking about a pretty fun adventure that we're going to do as we're ready to launch tonight, the SNBL, Sports Nightly Baseball League, presented by our good friends at Dorothy Lynch. Over the next few months, we're going to be hosting a virtual baseball league, and we're going to ask for some input and help from the folks. Lay us lay this out for us, Ben. Yeah, this is something we've
2: been working on for about a month now. Uh, there are a lot of logistics that went went into it, a lot of hard work from uh, from me and the boys in the back of putting this thing together, and you know how we can involve. Our listeners Uh, there are we've been kind of hinting at this for a while still trying to find uh, we were still trying to iron out some of the details but you know basically uh, with a lot of companies not just us and there are a lot of pro franchises doing stuff like this as well um, they're doing these you know video game type simulations with with their teams and their players and that sort of thing we, we wanted to take it a step further and involve not just us uh, personally, or just the Huskers, but the fans as well. So uh, I know a lot of us here at the network have either played video games or uh, are familiar with how they they work. And you know, so that that's basically how this thing's going to work. Is there's the the baseball game called MLB The Show for PlayStation, and we have all. Uh, Decided to create our own teams. We have all chosen our own teams color schemes logos uniforms the whole nine Um, And in order to uh, to get to get this thing rolling we are uh, Going to incorporate one of the teams being um, a fan controlled team so uh, Starting tomorrow fans can jump on the Twitter page at Husker sports and we'll be releasing Uh, several Twitter polls where you can – we'll give you some choices and you can select the player that you would like to be on each team. And these are basically going to turn into all-star teams because uh, then you, me, Tim, Nate, Josh, Austin, everybody else, we will pull uh, the remaining players and choose our teams uh, from what's left. And then uh, what's going to happen is we're going to stream these games. In order to make it so we play each other all the time, we're going to be – there's going to be eight teams and we're going to put put each other – teams each in uh two divisions so there'll be plenty of matchups so how do you watch it there's a there's a streaming service for video games called twitch probably a lot of our listeners familiar with that if you're not it's an app just like twitter uh just like every other every other thing where you can download it on your phone and every day starting at 11 a.m we're gonna we're gonna stream these games so you know if you're involved in the in the twitter polls tomorrow and and your favorite players are getting selected you can see how uh the fans team uh, is competing against my team, against Greg's team, against Nate's team, against everybody's team, and it's going to be just like a baseball season. There's going to be playoffs. There's going to be World Series. There's going to be trash talking, and it's going to be tons of fun. So we're really
0: looking forward to it. How about the names of the teams? Or is it going to be Sharps Swatters and McLaughlin's Mashers, or what are we? What are we got we, going on here? So we've we've all
2: created our teams already. Um, we we went through and. Everybody individually picked where they wanted to be from. Most, not all of us, are from the United States. We have uh, one adventurous owner in the league that wanted to be from, from overseas. Uh, Let me so guess. I, <laughs> you you <laughs> might have heard from him earlier in the show. Um, so, yeah, we've, we've, we've adopted our own color schemes. Everybody uh, has, has their own logo. They pick where, They pick what stadium they want to play in. And we have given the fans team the name the Nebraska Farmers. So okay. they, in honor of, uh, of all the boys in the fields and you know, our agriculture roots here in the state, many of our great sponsors are agriculture-affiliated, felt it was appropriate. So the Nebraska Farmers will be the fans team, and then uh, we have all selected our teams as well. So it's going to basically be the fans selecting their team, and then us staffers are going to draft our teams from the leftover players and, uh, and then we're going to roll it out on, let's see. So tomorrow will be the voting on Wednesday, and then Thursday will be the first day of the actual league starting at 11 a.m. So for those missing baseball, you've got a virtual baseball league here the next, you know, hopefully
0: month or so to, uh, to tie over until major leagues get started again. Oh, this is going to be a blast. All right, just right, I'm, I'm grabbing it right now. I'm going to be the Hickman Harriers. Hickman Harriers off the board. That's, that's <laughs> me. I'm going to be
2: the Hickman Harriers. I'm obviously going to be from Las Vegas uh, for multiple reasons, <laughs> but I feel like uh, th- that that location is a hot one in terms of uh, professional commodities. So looking forward to being from there, and you know it's going to be it's going to be fun. Uh, outlaws, we'll go outlaws with with my okay. team. We're going to um, probably post when we're all finished up tomorrow how everybody's who everybody is, what their teams are, um, name and logo, and then also who who's on their team, what their roster looks like. So we'll, we'll put that out when the voting concludes tomorrow. So, you know, you got a favorite player. You're an Indians fan. You want to vote for Francisco Lindor or, you know, you're a Red Sox fan and or I'm I guess Mookie a Dodgers Betts fan now like Mookie no, Betts yeah. or an Astros fan and like Jose Altuve, which uh, we would question your character at that point. <laughs> you know you can you can help pick your favorite players on this team and basically assemble uh, an all-star team so uh we'll be, we'll be given the scores like you know we do in our sports tickers every day so for those that are that are curious about it and we'll be providing like a weekly update or something on twitter um for those that are curious of how they how they how the farmers are doing so We've been working on this for a long time. We've, we've been ironing out a lot of details, and we obviously have to thank our great friends at Dorothy Lynch for wanting to sponsor this and take a chance on us that this thing's going to work out. I think that it's going to, and I would uh, you know encourage the fans. You know This thing is going to be as fun as you make it. So if you're really missing Husker baseball or you're a Twins fan or Royals fan or Cardinals fan or whatever, uh, hopefully this can fill a little
0: bit of that void until it comes back, but it's okay, going to be just so a, a daily stream for us to watch. The, the the best way for them to be locked into this is keeping their eye on Twitter tomorrow, yeah. correct? Yep, at
2: Husker Sports on Twitter. And those streams, uh, I'll be a part of them too. So if you want to come, you know, just sit in the chat room, hang out and talk to me or whoever else is, is present, you know, come hang out and, you know, talk sports with us, talk uh, – Talk Huskers with us. You know we're going to be on there, so it's not just going to be, you know, a, a stream of a video game. It's a chance to for us to all kind of hang out together and, and and talk about things in life and you know hopefully make it you know a source of entertainment for people. So uh, look forward to that 11 a.m. every day, and uh, hopefully hopefully that'll go a few hours
0: every day, and we'll just kind of we we'll kind of wing it on that regard. Well, that'll be great. It is SNBL presented by our good friends at Dorothy Lynch. We're going to be playing some f- virtual baseball for the next couple of months by putting together. We've all put. We're going to all put together teams, and then you, we'll have a fan team. We'll compete against each other. How many games are we going to play? Any idea? Well, it's it'll be the 162 game season. Obviously, we're not
2: going to we'll, play all we'll of pinch those. Pinch it down. Uh, though, yeah, right? we're gonna we're gonna basically divide that by three. And for those people that are probably confused, we're not actually playing the game. So I'm not going to play against Greg. What's going to happen is the computer is just going to simulate itself. So. Um, it's like nobody's controlling one of the teams. So we don't know the outcome. Greg, myself, Josh, nobody has control over the outcome other than the computer. The computer. So, yeah. yeah, so it's not like I'm going to play against the the comput- uh, the fans team on the easiest level and win 50 to nothing. Um, I'm going to win 50 to nothing because my team's just that much better. So oh. that, that's that's how that's going to work. This is going to be a blast and there's going to be some trash talking going Th- on. There is going to be this thing. some hardcore pride yeah. On, on the line here. And I think we're all just kind of hoping that our team's not the one that flops uh, because that's just gonna going to be it's going to make it pretty much unbearable to oh, be around
0: going to be a blast. One guy that I know has probably had a runs or two in his lifetime joins us now. That's Matt Cody. Hello, code. How are you? Hope you're good.
1: Hey, I'm doing great. Happy takeout Tuesday to everybody. It's <laughs> great being with you. and I hope everybody is staying safe and uh, quenching their thirst and their hunger.
0: Uh, good to have you aboard. It's been a while since we've heard your yeah. your golden tones. How, how have you been doing the last month plus? Uh, you know, I'm missing my
1: St. Louis Cardinals. Like this is not anything I've ever been through. I'm 55 years old, and it's the first time I've not had a uh, a rebirth of baseball in April for my Cardinals. But I'm hanging in there. Look, I'm uh, I'm healthy. My kids are doing well. So uh, I I just uh, thankful, very thankful for the for the good things in life right now.
0: Well, we've been wanting to get you on because there's been a lot of things that have happened with the women's program since the season ended in Indianapolis over a month ago. Uh, Some roster movement. I know the team was 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 set to play in postseason. They were going to be in the WNIT. Um, What what are some of the bigger storylines in your mind for the last four or five weeks?
1: You know, well, obviously missing the NIT was was the biggest storyline, along with everybody having their sports season canceled. Uh, unquestionably, Leah Brown transferring uh, from the Husker program. I think once Kayla Mershon and Ashton Verbeek, who were two of the four people who came in in the same class with Leah Brown, once they left, um, I think, you know, with all of these players being home with the COVID-19 outbreak and and people staying home, Um, you know, I think Leah had a chance to reassess how important it was for her to be closer to her home in Indiana. You know, her grandparents never missed a game in two years. It's a lot of miles for the family to put on. I think the parents really wanted Leah to be closer. So, you know, that was somebody who had emerged as a star, the Big Ten Six Player of the Year. And then, you know, it was kind of quite frankly, disappointing was for her to transfer within the conference to Michigan. So Nebraska is going to have to deal with Leah Brown on the other end for two years. We all know what a great player she is. So that's probably the biggest story right here. You know, some people are talking about, you know, how many people Nebraska's lost. But, Greg, I know you know it. The, the world of college basketball right now with this transfer portal, there's not – I think there's only one team in the Big Ten for women's basketball that hasn't had at least one player transfer. Penn State's had – Seven. Maryland's lost both of their posts, including, uh, you know, an all conference player and Shakira Austin. Lauren Ebo just transferred to Texas from Penn State. Kayla Bellis at Michigan State announced she's going to transfer. So, um, it's just wild right now. People ask me, you know, um, I got asked the other day by somebody from ESPN to, to give me my, the top five teams in the Big Ten next year so they can look at scheduling. I'm like, well, tell me who's going to be on these rosters. You know, when we get to whenever the season's going to be, because the transfer portal has made it to where these coaches have to re-recruit these players every year. So but Leah Brown transferring is certainly the biggest story since we've last talked.
0: How about who are going to fill these roles on this roster? I know there's a good group of freshmen coming in. looks like they're going to get a transfer to here in the spring period. What about the influx of talent coming into the program?
1: I'm very excited about the freshmen that are coming in. Let's start with Annika Stewart, six foot three forward out of the state of Minnesota, and Nebraska's done a great job recruiting not only Minnesota but the Minneapolis area. And if you followed Big Ten women's basketball, you know Annika Stewart's sister, Hannah, who uh, was very, very good for Lisa Bluter at Iowa for four years. So if her sister is anything like – um, like Hannah was, Annika, six foot three, expected to play a lot, uh, is going to come in and uh, immediately give time at a at a post position. So I think that's somebody that uh, Husker fans can expect to see a lot of minutes. And then Ruby Porter, five foot ten guard out of Australia. Nebraska, just like Minnesota, has had great success with Australia with Izzy Bourne and the impact she had last year. And she was getting better and better as the season came along. And it really earned a lot of playing time near the end of the season. Ruby Porter, a lot of international experience. Comes in uh, ready to play, I think, at a college level. She can uh, play you know, primarily at two, I I think, can stretch to a three, can be a backup point guard, I guess, in, in Amy Williams' system right then. So, uh, But I don't think enough is being made about Trinity Brady, uh, who uh, was injured quite a bit last year. But during the time that she played, Trinity can play the role that Leah Brown had, a slasher, uh, a tremendous on-the-ball defender, could step out and hit the three. Uh, Then with Mackenzie Helms coming back, who missed the early part of the year due to injury, she's a guard. Uh, She's a true point guard, actually, out of Connecticut. So uh, the numbers are there for Nebraska. They also get Whitney Brown, who's going to be a walk-on, a wing player out of Grand Island. So those are the three that are coming in. And then uh, Nebraska announced some great news. Uh, Michael Keaton, who was uh, supposed to be part of Connie Yori's last uh, recruiting class here. And then uh, when Connie left, they were able to reopen uh, the recruiting. And Kathleen Doyle left and went to Iowa, became you know Big Ten Player of the Year. And then uh, here's Michael Caton, who's been oft injured. And, and she may have two to three years left if she gets cleared medically. She's had a lot of knee problems. But has always loved Nebraska. And if she can give anything, that that's somebody who really wants to be here, Uh, When coming out of high school, was a dynamic player. I think we need to know what she is in terms of her uh, injury situation with her legs. And then Naila Dillard uh, was a dynamic freshman for Marlene Stolings at Texas Tech last year. She entered the transfer portal. This is another uh, wing player, uh, can really shoot the three. I talked to a coach in the West Coast last week who said, hey, you're getting a really good outside shooter. Now, the, the the minutes really didn't show it for Dillard. She started two games for Texas Tech last year. They were a very veteran team. So, um, you know, you, you hate losing Leah Brown, Kayla Mershon, and Ashton Verbeek, but, boy, there's some good good players coming in here for, for Amy Williams.
0: Well, I appreciate the rundown because, and I'm sure you're hearing this too, I mean, people panic. People hear these – these student athletes leaving programs and whatever sport. And I think there's a general feeling of panic with that. But you're right. It's just it's kind of a day and age we live in now. This is happening everywhere all over the country.
1: Yeah, if, if you haven't really followed it, you know, and people like you and I, Greg, we, we, we keep our, our, our finger on the pulse. Of this, and we're looking around, you know, at, at least in the pro game, you sign people to a contract before they become a free agent. And yeah. the way the transfer portal is going now, I mean, there were 271 people in the transfer portal for Division I women's basketball the last time I looked. I don't think anybody really anticipated it was going to be this way. I mean, look, Destiny Slocum uh, was the uh, uh, best point guard in the Big Ten her freshman year at Maryland, transferred to Oregon State and uh they were an elite 8 team last year and she's in the transfer portal Th- third time transfer i mean it's just um it's it's the world we live in now i i couldn't be a coach right now because it's hard enough recruiting without having to re-recruit your players they 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 aren't guaranteed to be there like a pro is where you got to be here 2 years or 3 years Um, You know, so, you know, with with players who can leave, it looks, you know, I, I, I get it with fans that you think, well, Nebraska's lost three players. Well, look at Penn State. They lost seven. Maryland won the league. They lost two, including their top center. Uh, I look at Nebraska's situation, you know, Ashton Verbeek transferred back to her hometown to play at a non-Division one level. You know, if she was having a problem with the coaching staff or something, she would have tried to transfer, I think, to a Division one. Kayla Mershon, and I, I've told a lot of people this, you know, she's got a, a significant other in Minneapolis. Her mom and dad moved to Boca Raton, Florida uh, when she graduated high school, so I saw her bedroom in her house before she did the whole team was in there. She didn't even know what her bedroom looked like when we went there and had Thanksgiving dinner. So, you know, she doesn't even get to see her family when she goes home and her friends. So, uh, she may be a walk on at Minnesota. So, those are you know, losing Mershon and Verbeek is is big. I'm not trying to underestimate it, but they left for very very personal reasons, family reasons. Leah Brown's loss yeah, that's, that's a legitimate loss, no question about it.
0: Yeah, Matt Coney's with us here on Sports Alley on the Husker Sports Network, talking women's basketball. We've been playing these greatest games on Friday night, Matt, and you're a co-host on Big Red Reaction. Steve Taylor was a part of our one. Did you see some video of how fast that guy was? Holy cow.
1: Woo! I'll tell you what, um, and I'm not going to talk to him until that's blown by by about four months because he's going to ask me if <laughs> I saw how fast he was but oh my gosh isn't that great you know um the, I, I i love the look in steve taylor's eyes uh when we're doing big red reaction when someone calls in and reminds him about one of those games but you know once he put his foot in the ground and he got beyond the end it was over and it'd been yeah. a while since i'd seen him and oh that was just great stuff
0: he doesn't move that fast in the studio does he
1: um, you know, Greg, I don't, I don't mean to brag, um, about who's the fastest person in the studio, but, uh, even from behind the desk, he's closest to the door. Uh, he probably could beat me to the door cause he's got a head start. You can tell <laughs> him I said that.
0: Well, I hope we get this virus behind us and we're hearing some big oh, yeah. red reactions in the fall again. And oh, we okay. appreciate you coming on and getting us caught and updated on all the women's things. And I'm good to hear that you're healthy.
1: Yeah, and uh, hey, to everybody out there, just stay positive. We're going to get through this together. Be healthy, be safe, go Big Red.
0: We think em up. We count em down. It's Top 10 Tuesdays on Sports Nightly. Brought to you by Union Bank & Trust at Union Bank & Trust. All your banking needs are taken care of by real people who really care. Stop by and you'll see that you belong here. Union Bank & Trust, member FDIC. This was this was a hoot, boys, as we did our little draft earlier today. I had a blast of this thing.
3: Yeah, we had a lot of fun. It, it, you know, it had the fantasy football aspect, and it, you, you had to figure out what you valued with your team. I, I loved it.
2: Great mix of, of old and new, somewhere in between, pulling names out that we haven't heard in a while, <laughs> some names that we perhaps hear too much
0: of. Um, but, yeah, this was a lot of fun, a lot of fun putting together. All right, here's how we broke it down. We, went, we could each take one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, an offensive specialty player, an offensive lineman, a defensive lineman, a linebacker, a DB, a defensive specialty player, and a special teams player. That's how we broke this down. So I think we, I think we count it down, guys. Who did we take in our 10th round, and we'll get to our number one round. And let's just go in the order of the draft. Does that sound all right, how we picked it? Yeah. So, Nate, Nate you would lead us off.
3: All right, my number ten. So this was actually Mr. Irrelevant because we would snake back, right? (laughs) I had the first pick, and and then I had the last pick. But he was he was plenty relevant uh, as a special teamer for the Huskers in er, in the early 90s. And I went with Mike Stiggy, who was a two-time Academic All-American, also an All-Big Eight punter, averaged 43 yards a punt, boomed an 87 yonder against Oklahoma State in '92. I needed a field flipper. Mike Stiggy's going to get it done for me.
2: He had Not a lot of faith in your offense, then Nate if you need a field flipper.
3: <laughs> hey, yeah, the best it's good insurance, right? In these uncertain times, you need insurance.
0: I had faith in my offense. I just didn't know if they'd always find the end zone. So I go field goal kicker with my 10th pick, and I go with the great Chris Brown. What a career he had at Nebraska and also continued on into the National Football League for a, a bunch of years. So Chris Brown was my kicker in the 10th round. My number 10, there was a lot of strategy behind it. All the running backs were already selected,
2: so I, I uh, nobody could have taken my player, so I purposely waited till the end to select both my 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 running back i guess and my next pick as well which position i won't give away quite yet uh give me rex burkhead as my running back he's in the top five all time in nebraska uh rushing he had over 500 career receiving yards and multiple touchdowns through the air as well uh none more famous than the swing pass he caught against ohio state in 2011 that Captain Nebraska's comeback against Joe Bowserman in the Ohio State Buckeyes. So <laughs> give me Rex Burkhead as my running back at my 10th my pick.
4: I'm pretty proud to of my... to take a
0: Patriot.
2: Yeah,
4: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty proud of my number 10, uh, Dominic Rayola, uh, one of the best offensive linemen in yeah. Nebraska football history. Had a really, really long career, too, with the Detroit Lions. In fact, I think that was his only team uh, in the NFL. Played well over 10 years in the NFL and uh, was probably the best lineman since Dave Irvington uh, in Nebraska. So Dominic Rayola, my number 10.
0: All
2: right. It's up to number nine, oh, Nate. No, all right, my is, number nine. Oh, this, okay, uh, yeah, we're, we're not snaking. I got confused.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, my number nine, we're going to go, we're going to kick it old school. Uh, At the top of the eye, Jeff Kinney was my running back, offensive flex, third-team All-American for the national champs, and the Huskers rode him to win the game of the century. That's enough for me. You know, the confetti that was his jersey at the end of that game (laughs) tells me all I needed to know, a good addition to my ball club. So Jeff Kinney (laughs) is my number nine.
0: The pride of McCook. Yeah. Jeff Kinney. All right, my or not, I needed a defensive back in this round, and this guy may not be one of the most decorated Huskers, but he might be one of my favorite guys to watch play football and all the plays he made at Nebraska, and that's DeJuan Gomes, who was a part of that those 9 and 10 defenses for Nebraska that just were so lethal. Every time there was a big play being made, it seemed like it was Gomes back there, and he was back there with good players. Prince was around him, Alfonso Dinner, but Gomes seemed to be making play after play, loved him, he, he found his way onto my team. He and Eric Haig
2: were all over the oh, field. And I'm with you, Greg. It's not a name that you would expect, but I'm so glad you put him on your list. He is in my top five all-time favorite Huskers, and that's saying a lot. I mean, he was so fun. To, that Missouri game, he was ripping balls away and jumping on balls. He was everywhere. Uh, my number nine, once again, similar situation to number 10. All the wide, All the wide receivers had been picked. Um, So I had my my pick of the litter, and I got Kenny Bell, who was in the top three all-time of Husker receiving yards and caught the big overtime touchdown against Iowa, had the sweet one-handed catch against Illinois that he scampered in for a touchdown, of course, through the haymaker of a block and the blindside block, which I think we can effectively call the Kenny Bell rule uh, in college football for absolutely uh, throwing that poor Wisconsin guy on his back seven yards. Uh, still a clean hit, if you ask me, and if you ask Kenny. And just a cool guy to, to be around and spend time with. So I got Burkhead at 10 at running back. Kenny Bell, number nine, wide receiver. Best hairdo all time? Oh, yeah. And best
0: Twitter handle to go with it. Childs would be right there, wouldn't he, Nate?
2: Uh, yeah, you've
3: got uh, Wonder Mons as well from the oh, uh, 76 yeah. uh, Huskers who had the giant fro. Uh, yeah. But Kenny Bell, Kenny Bell is on a very short list of great <laughs> hair in <and> Husker history.
4: <laughs> uh, my number nine, uh, I had a quarterback. My first, second, and third choice were all picked, but I'm still pretty confident in my guy, Jerry Tagge, uh, who I picked. I mean, you talk about a proven winner, uh, won the Natty in both 1970 and 71 under Bob Devaney. Uh, not bad, not a bad track record at all. In fact, I they won MVP in both of those bowl games. So uh, I even though he was my fourth choice, uh, I'm, I'm still pretty proud of my pick, Jerry Tagge.
3: You can do okay with the guy that's won two national titles. Uh, yeah. My number eight uh, went with a black shirt. And, you know, this is another guy who maybe his the body of his work doesn't quite stack up to some of these guys. But, boy, he was important for that uh, 2003 Husker team. And that would be Demorio Williams at linebacker. Hellacious pass rusher. Just athletic as all get out. Bo used him so well that year. 11 sacks for Williams, and especially as that team got off to a good start, it was the havoc that he was raising on the defensive side that that really opened the doors. So thought he'd be a dangerous little pass rusher for me. He's my number eight.
2: You think about a a guy that he's one of the few guys I think about, like when I picture a player throwing the bones, he's one of the first guys that I think of of a dude that would do that.
3: Oh, Yeah. He was one of the innovators, I think. I mean, Jason Peter, I think, did it some as well. But, he, you know, DeMoria was kind of the next guy and the guy that led it into consistency.
0: Speaking of Havoc, that's where I go with my number eight pick, and this was my defensive specialist pick. And I'm going Terrell Farley, who I really mm-hmm. feel like when Nebraska made their jump up into the mid-'90s to win national titles, guys like Farley were the difference. You just – you. You would you would swear when you were watching games that he was offsides every play because he just had an explosive first step to get around tackles and get to the quarterback and make big plays. So Farley makes my roster with my eighth pick.
2: You watch that game against Florida and, you, and it's like you wonder if it's an, an NCAA football game and they made four or five of them because he's just he's literally all over the field. <laughs> uh, yeah, big pick there. Uh, my number eight, I'm throwing it back to that same time period, and I, I had to double check and make sure he was still available uh, with the eighth pick. I'm going Trev Alberts here, and the name that we still hear plenty here in the Nebraska, uh, Nebraska area, of course, with his uh, tenure at, at UNO. Um, outside linebacker, he's my defensive flex position, so another hybrid player for me that uh, will do plenty of damage, I'm sure. You line him up on the defensive side of the ball. Butkus award winner. Uh, at least me, <laughs> which
4: I should be paying more attention. Sorry. Uh, Jason Peter, uh, my defensive flex position. Um, I probably could have just have easily put Christian Peter here as well, but uh, you want to talk a guy that can wreck someone's day, uh, I think Jason <laughs> Peter uh, would fit that category nicely.
2: Scariest in Husker of all time, at least certainly in he the top our three. Poll.
4: We had a Halloween Twitter poll about <laughs> Jason Peter. I think he, I think he won.
3: Yeah, it's pretty tough to come up with somebody who's just more physically intimidating and intense as that guy. I mean, he was, he was, Bill Parcells always talks about football's not the best, football's a game where you're not the most well-adjusted person to play it, and Jason was the embodiment of how how you have to be kind of on the edge to be a great football player, so... All right, my number seven, we're going to go to the IBAX, uh, Calvin Jones, who's kind of Head overshadowed on. in Husker history. Uh, third team All-American for ni- for the 93 Huskers, the Big 8 Offensive Player of the Year in 92, 1,000-yard uh, rusher as a junior in 93, and then as a sophomore in 92, even though he and Derek Brown were splitting carries, and he fell just shy of 1,000 as a freshman, but just a tremendous edge rusher, a, a guy that could get out on the edge and, and churn out yards. Of course, he held the school record for rushing yards in a game for a long time before Roy Hellu took it away from him. So Calvin Jones, my number seven.
0: Had himself a day against the Jayhawks, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Poor Kansas. Sure did. <laughs> my number in the, in the seventh round, I needed an offensive lineman, and, and I'll admit I homered this. I wanted somebody from the pipeline, and so I went with our own Brendan Stye, All-American, ended up having a nice career in the National Football League. So I put Brendan Stye as my offensive lineman in round seven. Tiny would be thrilled
2: that, that, uh, <laughs> that he's on the list. My number seven, believe it or not, I was the first one to take a special teamer. Give me Mr. Automatic, Alex Henry. Uh, could kick, could punt, could fake punt, could run. Could, he can hit a seven iron. I've seen him do it. There's really not much he can't do. So <laughs> give me Alex Henry as my special teamer. I also had a special
4: team for my number seven. I took Sam Cook, uh, of course, one of Nebraska's best punters ever. He was a semifinalist for the Ray Guy Award. Uh, he could just boom the ball. I mean, I, he had an over 50-yarder, I think, in the Alamo Bowl. Um, he could uh, He could pulverize that thing, and that's never a bad thing to have on a football team. Seward,
0: Seward, Nebraska.
4: There you
3: go. Had a very good NFL career, as did my number six, uh, Mike Brown, who ended up getting drafted by the Chicago Bears, played quite a while for the Bears, but was just a thumper at safety for Nebraska in the mid to late 90s. First team All-American in 99, caused six fumbles, picked off five passes, eight tackles for loss. Just a solid defensive Uh, player in the in the backfield for Nebraska Uh, so I'll go Mike Brown with my number six he was really the cornerstone of what was a really good Husker defense in
0: 99. Matt Davison says he was his favorite teammate. Just love playing with football with uh, Mike Brown. Speaking of a guy who had a good NFL career, that's where I went with my sixth pick. I needed a defensive lineman, and I go get Neil Smith, who had a terrific career in the National Football League. The biggest wingspan of all time. I mean, Neil Smith could touch tackle to tackle with those long arms of his. Uh, part of those really solid defenses in the late 80s for Tom Osborne. So, Neil Smith, I took in the sixth round.
2: I'll stick in that time period. Um, I'll stick to the defensive side of the ball, and I need a, I need a man-child to get after the passer, and it's one our own Steve Taylor talks about a lot. Playing with him, give me Broderick Thomas as my linebacker with my sixth pick, absolute animal. Uh, you you seen or heard? I guess the uh, the '88 Oklahoma State game that we played for you on Friday, of course Broderick Thomas. Um, you know, big part of those teams in the in the late '80s. So, give me a dude. With the name of Broderick Thomas, I can get after somebody on my team, please. Uh, My number six, I got probably the steal of the draft,
4: dare I say, and Amir Abdullah. Of course, Nebraska's mm-hmm. dynamic running back from not too long ago, now currently a member of the Minnesota Vikings. Is that still right, Minnesota Vikings? Yes, yes he's, he's still so. there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, yeah, Amir, uh, that play I'll never forget uh, that he had against McNeese State where he just pulled <laughs> a 60-yard catch and run out of his back pocket. Um, he was one of the most exciting players and all-around good dude. Uh, so Amir, my number six.
3: All right, in the fifth round, I was shocked that this guy was still on the draft board, but I was plenty happy that he was. Grant Wistrom, and I took him mm. as my mm. uh, defensive flex player, but uh, you know, just the picture of what you want from a defensive end, coming off the edge, intense, physical, lanky. Three-time first-team all-conference, just a force on the outside for the Husker Blackshirts of the late 90s, won the Lombardi Award in 97, was an important leader for those teams, especially the 97 team that won the national title. So just the all-round picture of what you want in a Husker, Wistrom's my five.
0: Yeah, that one ticked me off. I was going to grab him for the <laughs> next pick, and you snaked him. Ugh. All right, my five. This is my offensive flex player, and this guy is the epitome of a flex offensive player. I go Roger Craig here, who was so versatile, obviously in Nebraska, but then for all those years with the San Francisco 49ers, played fullback in Nebraska for most of his career. Uh, ended up being a terrific Running back, should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. There's a big campaign to try to get Roger Craig. He's my flex guy. I've got him in my fifth-round pick. What an amazing
2: career he had in the NFL. Just really cool to see that. All right, Nate took one of them. I'm going to take the other one with my fifth pick. Give me Ralph Brown in my defensive backfield. To me, it was, it was kind of hard to, to decide which one to put to pick, um, but Ralph Brown in the backfield, you, we grew up idolizing Mike Brown and Ralph Brown and, and all those defensive backs. I was right in the – that was the backyard pretending wheelhouse was my age with the Browns, so I'll take the other one. Give me Ralph Brown as my D-back. Uh, my number five, I've got Adam Carriker of the defensive line. That was my D-line pick,
4: and he was one of the best players of the Callahan era, and Carriker has a place on my fantasy football squad any day.
3: All right, my number four won the Outland Trophy in 1992 and even with Nebraska's decorated history of offensive linemen, he's in the front line of them, and that would be Will Shields, three-year starter of course had a great NFL career, but just so important to getting this program turned around and he set the stage for the uh, mid-90s teams that did so much, but Will Shields was my fourth-round pick
0: Good, solid one. Terrific player. Terrific human being, too, as well as Will Shields. All right, my fourth round, I need a tackler. I need to get somebody who got ball carriers to the ground, and I went and got the greatest one in Nebraska football history, Barrett Rue, the all-time leading tackler for the Cornhuskers. I took Barrett with my fourth-round pick.
2: Yeah, very, very well-deserved. I was interested to find out what type of linebackers would go. Was it the pass-rushing kind, or was it kind of the hybrid and – Uh, A lot of us went pass rushing, but Greg definitely get the hybrid there with with Barrett Rude. My number four, I'm throwing it back to the 70s. Give me Rich Glover for my fourth overall select fourth-round selection on the defensive line, two-time national champion, uh, Outland Lombardi trophy winner in 72, college football Hall of Famer, uh, third-round draft pick, and all-around borderline... Mount Rushmore for the Huskers with Rich Glover. Um, So I feel very confident about my defensive line pick with my fourth rounder. My number Mm. four, I've got another defensive stud at Prince Amukamara.
4: My defensive back pick. Talk about a lockdown corner. Uh, Prince could could put people on an island and they'd stay there. Uh, Fantastic player.
3: All right, my third round pick. uh, Part of the scoring explosion and he was overshadowed during his college years, but he was the first pick of the NFL draft the year that he came out. Irving Fryer at wide receiver, so dangerous at that wingback spot. Also a good returner, Uh, had 40 receptions for 780 yards and eight touchdowns in 1983. Even though that team never really needed to throw the ball, he still did a lot with a few times he got the ball. So Irving Fryer's my number three, my third round pick.
0: And I'm going with the scoring explosion as well with my third pick. I'm going with a guy with his hands on the football every snap. Here's Turner Gills, my quarterback. In the third round, I go get Turner, who was a terrific player. Uh, really kind of turned the style of offense for Tom Osborne away from the Ferragamos and the Hums and those kind of quarterbacks. He gets Turner Gill in there, who had a terrific career in Nebraska. He's my third-round pick. Yeah, really
2: solid selection there. So, turns out there's some pretty good quarterbacks on our four uh-huh. teams um, come to find out. My number three, it wasn't a criteria, but it quickly became one. You get a trophy named after you. You quickly qualify. Uh, <laughs> no tryout necessary for, uh, for Ben's fantasy team. Give me Dave Remington up front on my offensive line. I um, feel like I could be lacking at all four other, st- other spots and still be okay. So uh, I feel really confident about, about my, my hog mollies up front with Rich Glover on the D line and give me Dave Remington on the O line. Uh, for my boys up front my number three does not have a trophy named that for him but he should
4: levante david one of the best linebackers in husker football history um he, currently with the tampa bay buccaneers going to team up with a former husker teammate of his and dominican sue and he was a juco guy and he came in and he would absolutely swallow up anyone he saw uh, he had a hundred trillion tackles <laughs> while he was in nebraska um he's a
2: fantastic player fort scott Speak. community college pipeline member we had a we had a few of those with yoshi hardrick and stanley Jean Baptiste Brandon and kinney uh, i have an idea guys for the trophy it could be the the most slept on or biggest snub award because that's been levante david his entire uh football life it seems yep both in college and the nfl he would have broke barrett Roots tackling record if he wasn't a juco product that that dude was an absolute man child loved watching him play
3: Tim mentioned who I picked with my second-round pick, Indomitian Sioux, and you talk about a guy who should have a trophy named after him. He wins the Nagurski, the Bednarik, the Lombardi as a defensive lineman. He's a finalist for the Heisman and really should have won it if the award was actually the most outstanding player in college football for that year in 2009, but just utterly dominant, maybe the most dominant player I've ever seen In any length of time, just owned that 2009 season.
2: He good. Yeah, (laughs) I feel like I feel like uh, you know every day on April Fools we should post his stats on Husker Sports Twitter (laughs) because it's it's stupid
0: what what he did. No doubt.
3: 24 tackles for loss his senior year.
0: (sighs) 10 pass breakups. Yeah. I get shivers just thinking about watching him play for the Oscars. All right, my team has the all-time winning tackler in Barrett Root, and I go get the number one wide receiver, the only guy to get over 1,000 yards receiving in a season. I go Stanley Morgan with my number two pick as my wide receiver. A lot of people went flex after they
2: filled up their offense. That's not how I did it because I, I, it was hard to, to put a position on this guy. Give gave me Johnny the Jet here, my offensive flex. Ooh, wow. um, you know, he could catch it. He could run it. He could punt return it. Uh, Didn't need a special teamer to do it because I have him. And, yeah, I feel like I I feel a lot of hole. He's the Swiss Army knife of my team. So pleased that he fell to the second round. My second rounder, a guy that uh, a lot of Husker
4: Sports Network fans will be familiar with, Matt Davison, uh, wide receiver. If you can catch a uh, ball off someone's foot, you have a space (laughs) on my uh, fantasy team did he pay you to do
2: this (laughs) (laughs) he did not or you can catch a wide open halfback pass against (laughs) northwestern up 50
4: points
2: (laughs) that too that too yeah he had a nice diving Uh, catch in the end zone of that game too yeah he did all right my number one
3: the guy who uh threw him the ball against uh, northwestern that would be eric crouch 2001 heisman trophy winner he was the number one pick overall but just such a dynamic force at quarterback for nebraska and uh, i think little more needs to be said
0: nate goes heisman trophy so do i with my number one pick i take mike rogier with my number one pick at my running back spot we'll stick
2: with the theme of heisman trophy and mine is the biggest snub of all time of a heisman trophy how many tackles can one guy break mr tommy frazier as my quarterback my
4: first-rounder, I got uh, talk about guys we kind of slept on, uh, Amon Green at my running back spot. Um, fantastic player. Enjoyed a nice little career, too, in the NFL. Um,
0: yeah, great guy. Fantastic. I think we need a Twitter poll our number one picks. What do you think? I think we should
2: assemble all 10 guys and have a game and see who wins. Well, I'm I'm game for anything. What do you want to do, Tim? Your your call here. Let's
4: do it. In fact, I think I can probably just say who's got the best team and just uh, get the bragging rights out there.
0: All right. Go look at it at Husker Sports as our runs of Twitter poll of the day as we did our draft earlier today. Those are 40 Huskers that we drafted for that. When we come back, Nate's going to sit down and talk with former softball great Taylor Edwards. That's coming up next.
3: This summer, we were all looking forward to seeing a bunch of Huskers in the Olympics and a part of the Olympic experience, and one of them – was former Husker softball player Taylor Edwards, who is an alternate on the U.S. Olympic team for softball. And, of course, the Olympics have been postponed due to the coronavirus and the worries about spreading that. And we bring on Taylor Edwards to the show right now. Taylor, first off, you guys were uh, training for the Olympics and getting ready uh, to compete in the Olympics. When did you guys hear... And how did you guys hear first that the tour to prepare for the Olympics had been canceled and then that the Olympics had been postponed?
5: Yeah. Uh, Hi, Nate. Thanks for having me on. Um, So we actually were traveling from San Diego, California, up to Seattle, Washington, to play um, at Washington. And, um, you know, there was stuff going around with the NBA and then them canceling their championship um, and so when that was up in the air, that was when um, our USA officials were talking about, you know, maybe we should send you guys home and just, you know, wait it out and see what happens. And so that was when um, our tour got postponed. They sent us home. Um, we were in Washington for, I think, maybe like six or seven hours. And then, you know, they all said, well, you know, this we feel uncomfortable with you guys here. We don't want to you know put you even more at risk and so um at that point the um that's when they had told us you know go home let's be safe let's be smart about it so that's when we knew that the tour was going to be postponed
3: you get those games postponed up in Seattle and and all of that, and and I'm you know at that point I think we were all thinking, well this is going to be a brief time, this is going to be a, a, a pause on this. When did the conversation around the U.S. national team and what you were hearing as an athlete with them shift from this is temporary and this is a pause to? these Olympics aren't gonna happen this year and we're gonna to have to wait all the longer to get that great experience.
5: Yeah, uh, it was actually when um, Canada, they had actually sent um, something to the um, the Olympic Committee and had told them, you know, they weren't gonna send their athletes to um, Japan because of the whole coronavirus and they weren't gonna do that to them. And so that was when it kind of came to light for me and our team um seeing, you know, Canada as a country and them taking a stand for their athletes and that's when, you know, to me I was like, wow, this is this is bigger than just postponing the tour for a couple weekends. Um but yeah, it was kind of a big shock right there.
3: Chatting with Taylor Edwards, a former all American catcher for Huskers softball and a member of the twenty twenty US Olympic team. Uh the Olympics of course postponed to next year. So with the Olympics being postponed a year, was there any consideration on your part of of, uh, of not being a part of this Olympic experience, going through this? What what's ahead for you now that the Olympics have been postponed and everything's been put on hold for a year?
5: Yeah. Um well, luckily for me, I'm in um a good spot. I'm still in Lincoln. I still have a great relationship um with the three coaches at uh, Nebraska and you know, they've told me time and time again, whatever you need from us, we want to be there to help you. So, um, as of right now, I have a couple things uh, that I could be doing. Nothing set in stone yet, but um, yeah, there was never a doubt in my mind that I was going to go for it again in 2021. And you know, I've been going this long, I I got to stick it out. <laughs> No doubt about it. Uh,
3: the the uh, coronavirus affecting not just international sports, but sports here at home. And, and uh, you know, your sister having her season postponed or canceled due to the coronavirus. That gives her another year at Nebraska. What were your conversations with her like as, as she was going through this? and And she was considering whether or not she was going to come back to give her senior year another shot.
5: Yeah. um, Well, our conversations were just like, man, what a, what a tough, you know, time to, to be in, especially being a senior, but um, just, you know, nobody has ever gone through anything like this. Talking to my parents, like they've never gone through anything like this at all. And just, you know, I told her, I was like, just be there for your teammates, make sure, you know, your close friends, make sure our family, make sure everybody is okay and safe. And, you know, just keep reaching out. And, you know, thank goodness for technology these days and just stay in touch and try and stay in um, good spirits with everybody. And, you know, I feel like eventually one day it's got to go back to what our new normal will be. But for the meantime, just, you know, just keep high spirits, you know, learn something new now that you're only in online classes, no more softball for the rest of the year. Just, you know, take the time to really – just enjoy and you know take advantage of this downtime i guess
3: well taylor you know we would tell i I, even if the olympics were going on as scheduled we would tell you at this point hey stay healthy and good luck but uh especially with what's going on in the world right now now more than ever stay safe stay healthy Uh, Good luck, and uh, hopefully this time next year, we're talking about you heading over to Tokyo to participate in the Olympics with the United States national team. Thanks for joining us tonight.
5: Of course. Thank you, Nate, so much, and I hope you guys stay safe and healthy and good spirits to come. (laughs) Absolutely.
3: There's Taylor Edwards, former Husker catcher and All-American for Nebraska softball and a member of the United States Olympic softball team.